1: but we'll retire by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know.
0: Thank you. Hi everyone, today we are back in Thailand. This time we chat with Pearly Ann Friedman, who's a Canadian from Ottawa and retired in Koh Lanta, an island in the south of Thailand. The island is 30 miles by 5 miles, so it's a little spot in the world, but it's so special as you will hear from our guest. Koh Lanta is an island district in Krabi province on Thailand's Andaman coast. It's known for its coral-fringed beaches, mangroves, limestone outcrops, and laid-back atmosphere. Koh Lanta, also known as Long Beach, as the word's meaning, is 2.5 miles of gently sloping sand surrounded by... by large pines not palms, as we first imagined. Jetsetter.com says any aerial shot of the coast will show that though plenty of guest houses, bungalows, resorts, bars, and restaurants sit shoulder to shoulder along the stretch, they're all set back from the sand, leaving the beach uncluttered. Most of the island is undeveloped, so it's not difficult to find a serene spot. And finally, according to MondayFeelings.com, Colanta is a not so explored, charming island in South Thailand with a relaxing atmosphere and with some of the most beautiful beaches of the country. It used to be a haven for backpackers, although it currently attracts all sorts of tourists, particularly Swedish, who (laughs) wind up moving there and the whole family most of the time at the end. Unlike the rest of Thailand, the majority of the Lantas population are Muslims, descending from Malaysian fishermen who settled down there about a century ago. But do not worry about the strict religious rules, as the island is free from fundamentalists and the local population live together rather well with foreigners, parties, and bars, people. So there (laughs) you have it. Jean.
1: Pearly Ann was born and raised in Ottawa, Canada. She has an MBA from Ottawa University and a doctorate from Sprott School of Business of Carleton University, also in Ottawa. She worked in business systems consulting, was self-employed and specialized in testing enterprise systems. She is still handling short-term contract in the summer. Her interests include garbage art sculptures, painting cat faces on anything and everything, and writing. Pearly Ann has written books in a professional field But in the last 10 years or so, she's branched out to animal rescue related work. For example, one of her books is Volunteer Fundraising Simplified, How to Raise Money for a Cause You Love, based on her experience volunteering in an animal rescue charity in Colanta. She spent 10 years researching fundraising and trying out everything to raise money to help rescue animals. She says it's not difficult to help a charity, if you know how. She wrote this book because she wanted to inspire others to make a positive difference and feel great about their efforts. Her recent book, Retired Way Out There, My Evolving Life on Koh Lanta, Thailand, is the story of her decision to retire on a remote island. Her writings include her many trips to the island. Her decision to retire there, get a home, and her transition from a tourist to a local expat. There is also a chapter with helpful advice for those thinking about retiring abroad. She adds, the book is interesting, fun, and full of crazy situations that I got myself into and out of. Hmm. By the way, all of her books, YouTube videos, and sculptures will be listed in the show notes for our audience to check out.
0: Thanks, Jean. Liam Bishop, Pearly Ann's partner, is an electrician and has a small electrical company in Ottawa. He and Perleanne met in a very remote part of Canada 30 years ago. The Canadian government was building a new tax processing center there, and she was on the team setting up the computer processing system as she'd been on the project that built the system. Liam was the electrical foreman. Oh, how romantic. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she says, just like that old Coke commercial. She took one look at him and the rest was history. When the project finished, she returned to Ottawa and a few months later, Liam visited. Apparently, he never left. Unfortunately, he can't join us, so we can't see that Coke face. Curly <laughs> states they are completely different, but share the same care values and outlook on life. Yeah, just like Jean and I. A very different couple, but it works. Liam is not yet retired, and Pearly recently went back to Ottawa to perform a three-month project that paid just too well to refuse. So, Pearly Jean and I instinctively know this episode is going to be a blast, but we must warn you, we are all business. Nah, just kidding. We do need to keep in mind to stay within 75 minutes of recording. So as you informed us, both of you have traveled tons. How in the world do you decide to land in Kolanta, Thailand?
2: <laughs> Thank you for having me. Finding Koh Lanta was almost a miracle. We had traveled to Thailand to Phuket to spend two weeks on Koh Phi, Phi a little island off Phuket. The night before we went to Phi, Phi we were in this little bar on the beach, like a lean-to. We met this gentleman from Scotland and we were talking away with him and he said, you guys are great. You'd love Koh Lanta. Forget about going to Phi, Phi. And we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Goodbye. So that's when I heard about it. We went to PP. We love PP. It's an amazing little island. The next year we've returned to go to PP and it was overrun with tourists. Mm. You see the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio had just come out <laughs> and the island was a totally different place. It was swarmed with tourists and it was like um, spring break, not what we wanted. (laughs) So a few days before we left to go back to Canada, Liam and I thought, oh, let's just go to Phuket. We can't stand it anymore. And we remembered Koh Lanta. So we thought, well, let's go for a few days. And we went. We didn't stay a few days. We stayed six weeks. (gasps) And we knew this was it.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: This was where I knew I wanted to retire here, and I've never changed my mind twenty years later. So what was it? You Mr. Scott? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, what did you notice in those six weeks that made you think that?
2: Well, it's interesting. the first two days we hated it, or the first day, I should say. We ended up staying on a beach on the north part of the island full of tourists and their kids, and chicken fingers for dinner, and it was just <laughs> disgusting. I took a tuk-tuk, went to the road, it was all dirt roads then, and got a tuk-tuk, which is like a motorcycle taxi, just motioned for the driver to take me down the island. I saw bungalows that were a dollar a night, two dollars a night. It was really a backpacker haven. And then I saw from the road a set of bungalows in the sand on the beach. Thought, OK, maybe we could go here. And I checked it out. The woman running it was a lovely Thai woman, Miss Miao, And she rented us a beach bungalow. We told her we're only staying a night. She was so wonderful. The place was so wonderful. The beach was something that you dream about. And the stars at night, it was nothing I'd ever seen, but I'm from Ottawa. When I look up in Thailand, it's completely different. It's like, oh, wow. And the stars were so close. It was like I could touch them. I could run on the beach, do yoga. We just felt so good. We stayed and stayed, kept phoning friends and family saying, oh, we can't get a flight. We were... (laughs) (laughs) doing whatever we could do to keep our job. When we finally came back, we knew we'll be back the next year. We knew. And I knew I'm going to live there one day.
0: So was it the people? I know that I know obviously the land and everything else spoke to you, but was it the people as well and the food or or what?
2: This is going to sound weird, but it was the food. And for me, it was the cost was nothing. I'm a picky eater and I like to eat fresh. I could eat anything and everything. And it was all available in beach huts or vendors walking down the beach. I mean, I was still in a, it was tourist mode, but it was wonderful. In those days, there was no internet. There were no cell phones. Mm. I wasn't in touch with anybody. I was truly disjoint or removed. Oh, nice! from everything I'd known in Ottawa. And as a high-tech consultant, yeah. I'm used to working long, long days, well into midnight often. Yeah. There, it was just no automation. It was nothing. Wow. I could do yoga all day, run on the beach, eat the freshest food and vegetables, and just feel good and sit there and look at a plastic bottle and go, I could cut that out in the shape of a fish. or So I could release my creativity. Oh, it was heaven. And every year going back, it was the same. And we'd meet seasonal tourists that were also there for the winter. We learned about places that were off the beach, because not everything is on the beach. The tourists are on the beach, but there's little shops and little bars off the beach. We'd meet some of the local expats from countries like Sweden. Huge. Swedish population in Thailand, Mm. more Swedes than anybody, very few Canadians, even fewer Americans, because it's so far for us. Oh. The expats we met, a lot of them were like us. They were professionals. They come from busy careers and just wanted an about turn, something completely different. Yeah. And able to live your passion. A couple of guys we knew from England were food fanatics and they opened a small restaurant and We're loving the creativity. Another friend from South Africa who actually managed the planet Hollywood's there was just so tired of the hustle and bustle. He moved to Thailand and he's a dive master and has his own dive shop. And he also has never looked back. Wow! Two of my best girlfriends now, one was a psychologist in Sweden and the other worked in a Swedish bank. Both of them discovered Colanta, whatever reason, life led them there and thought, this is where I can really be me. I'm not the corporate me. I'm not the driven me. I'm the me of my passions and what I really like. Wow. And so poorly in. Retire. I hope
0: this show doesn't bring the tourism to (laughs) Colanta that will drive you away. Oh, man, because I think Jean and I are on the next flight out.
2: (laughs) You know, we have a joke uh, amongst the expats there that don't tell anybody about Atlanta because we don't want anybody here. But I know a lot of the Thai locals, and I don't wish anything bad upon them. I want them to be successful, mm-hmm. prosperous. I want them <laughs> of, course. of course, and you know they can stay on the tourist beaches. It. <laughs> it's even though the island's small, it's still big enough that we can all live in harmony. And tourists seem to stick to their resorts, to their beaches, to what the resort offers them. They don't really wander far off. Mm -hmm. And I don't go to the tourist resort. I go to the better beaches and the better bars and
1: restaurants. (laughs) You mentioned that you're a picky eater and the food was just wonderful and you get it on the beach. What kind of food are you talking about?
2: Some vegetables. Uh When I first started going there, there were beach vendors that would walk up and down the beach carrying baskets on poles on their shoulder. There was one, I called her the fruit lady because she sold fruit. You'd stop her and she you'd buy a pineapple and she would cut it in this swirl pattern and give it to you. And it was like, well, I'm Canadian and our dollar is worth less than the American dollar. A whole pineapple, big one, cut up in this beautiful pattern was maybe a buck, a oh dollar. My, oh Canadian, so like 75 cents US. Wow. Uh, yeah. Mango was a quarter. Things were just so cheap. Yeah. There'd also be chicken sauté vendors or they'd have a little... Um, what do you call it a hibachi yeah tiny hibachi and they cook up whatever you wanted even the thai dishes had thai with chicken or shrimp and Mm -hmm. som tam which is the green mango salad and the all these dishes were i want to say a dollar sometimes they were less like if you bought two dishes you might get two for a dollar fifty well the prices aren't that much different now from the street vendors yeah
0: i was just going to say so tell us about today the prices of food
2: so i I go to the wet markets which is the fresh markets and Uncle Lant it's fun every day they're in a different place so that people can have <laughs> access close oh, by oh, so okay. thursday market is near where I live. And it's funny, we go, what day is today? Oh, the market's here. It <laughs> must be Thursday. <laughs> or if you were near the little town where the ferry lands and you saw the market, it's, it's Saturday. The market's here. No, it's so sorry. So I would buy a big, I'd buy like a couple of mangoes, a papaya, a pineapple, and that would maybe cost me $2. Wow. wow. It's okay. unbelievable. And then they throw in a small bunch of banana. bananas, a oh. wow. little oh. banana That's yeah, just eat extra day. Mm-hmm. So I can go to the market and get fruit and vegetables enough to last me maybe four or five days. I would be spending maybe $15
0: okay wow okay that's you nice.
2: and I eat a lot I mean mm-hmm. I'm not saying I buy a little something yeah. little yeah. I buy onions and potatoes and broccoli and mm-hmm. green pepper red pepper I buy colored lettuce mix mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mix we eat really well now chicken I get chicken in the wet market and people might think that's horrific because a wet market is outdoor there's no electricity no refrigeration ah I buy it from the chicken man who cuts up his chickens there. I would say that maybe the thigh leg portion that we see in the supermarkets here, I can probably get three of them for $3. So look at a dollar each and good size. Mm -hmm. The breasts are cheaper, which is really crazy because here the breasts cost more.
0: Yeah. The white meat. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So fish, I have cats in Thailand and I spoil them rotten and they only like barbecued fish. So Liam has barbecues. That's his passion. Go to a whole bunch of barbecues. We have a barbecue area in the garden. So every couple of days I have to barbecue fish for the cats and my cats only (laughs) like tuna. So I go to the market and I buy How seven boring. Or eight tuna for about three dollars oh my lord
1: those are some lucky cats.
2: tuna doesn't cost much because it's there the fishermen are fishing for tuna oh, and wow. i'm buying from the locals at local prices. it's a locals market it's not like going into a big grocery store this is an outdoor market but the fish is on ice the shrimp are on ice it's all fresh. Oh, that's so, so I really don't spend much. What I spend, if we go to uh, maybe one of the fancy restaurants on the island and have a big dinner, what we pay for that for tourists, it's cheap, maybe $20 each for a few drinks and a big dinner. So that'd be $40. Maybe that's what I spend all week for Liam and I. And wow. he eats meat and I eat chicken and fish. So we eat really well at home. The prices for The necessities are super cheap.
1: But if if you wanted to eat out a lot, are there inexpensive, a lot of inexpensive restaurants? Street vendors?
2: There is a lot of little Thai restaurants that have amazing Thai food. I'm thinking, how much would a dish be? A big dish of, I'll use something common. Your listeners would know pad Thai, Mm -hmm. like noodles with chicken or shrimp. That might cost $3. And that's a decent size Yeah. So you don't have to cook. Kind of a regular, normal restaurant that the expats and the Thais go to. And there's lots of them. And there's one maybe across the street up a bit from me. And often we'll get a huge Thai meal with three or four dishes. And we have leftovers for a couple of days for lunch.
0: Wow.
2: it might cost us $10. Nice. Wow. So it's very inexpensive to live. Now, if I go to the beach restaurants that are focusing on the tourists, for a tourist, they can get a fabulous steak, fabulous Thai dish with all the garnishes for maybe $10, $15. And the quality equivalent is like what I would get, I want to say in a big city for maybe $35, $40. Wow! So for tourists, it's super cheap. And I think that's why it's a popular tourist island when the Mm -hmm. tourists discover it, because they can live in five star, they can eat really well, sitting in a beautiful restaurant, watching the sunset and chill music and maybe a live band Yeah. for $25, including a couple of drinks. So it's amazing. You know, for a tourist, it's a fabulous place to go when you live there. I don't necessarily eat in these restaurants because I know the owner and we have private parties and (laughs) on his night off, he'll come over to our place and we'll cook up a big meal and invite all our friends. And so we kind of find a balance between living there as a local and kind of, I don't want to say isolating or separating, but we let the tourists do their tourist thing because when you're a tourist, you're focused on, you're on vacation. You want to see as much as possible, be as busy as possible. And when you live somewhere, you have your life. It's very different.
0: That's great. So I just want to mention that we are recording you in Ottawa because you came back, well, you went back to Canada for a project. Tell us how you would travel back to when you you uh, when you do go back soon.
2: So I've been doing this 20 years and for me the most important thing or two important things is cost of course because I'm I'm not wealthy I'm just a normal person and time because it's far it's yeah. really far yep. so in my head I look at 25 to 30 hour trip 25 hour trip might not be physically possible because From Ottawa, I have to take a short haul flight to a major hub and then a long haul to somewhere else like Europe and another long haul to somewhere else like a place in Asia and then a short haul to Thailand or to near the island. So I look at four flights so it can get really expensive or it can get really cheap. So I look at a balance between connections and time and price. So I could probably travel back extremely cheap if I'm willing to have a 70-hour flight Ah. with huge layovers everywhere. Mm. Now, that might be okay if I wanted to spend a day in London and a day in Singapore. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So if I want to get back fast I look at making sure my flight is under 30 hours with all the connection. And I don't want really long layovers, especially near the end, because one year I had a long layover in Detroit, six hours. And I was so tired because I'd already been traveling for like 25 hours. And I ended up talking to my mother on the phone to keep me awake so I didn't fall asleep (gasps) and miss the hour flight to Ottawa. I thought, never again will I do this. So I learned. Now, if I would have had friends in Detroit, it wouldn't have been a problem. Right. So, yeah, I start looking for my flight maybe two weeks before. I don't do a long time in advance because I don't know what my life, what's going to happen. If I book now to go back in October, maybe that day there'll be something I don't want to do it. And I find the price doesn't really differ between three months before and two weeks before. Oh, wow. Two weeks before, they're trying to sell off the tickets. So the prices seem to come down. And I surf and I surf. I use all of the Expedia and booking and I use everything to try and figure it out. And it takes me a while, but it's a far trip. If I don't care about money, like I have had to come back for funerals. I just go to Expedia put in the where I'm leaving from and where I'm landing and go with the best choice that comes up. So it's a little more expensive then and I mm.
0: so where's the nearest airport to Lanta?
2: Now there's an airport in Krabby town which is about an hour and a half from the island, including the ferry trip because mm-hmm. I am on an island there is a ferry trip car ferry trip to the mainland. in the old days, There wasn't an international airport in Krabi and I had to fly to Phuket. And from Phuket, I can take a four hour ferry or I can drive but it's a 6 hour drive because you have to drive kind of around the bay. So now I just do whatever works on that day. If I'm landing early in the morning in Phuket, I know I can get on the passenger ferry or I'll fly to Bangkok and then to Krabi. Depending on the airline, I can fly to Krabi, so there's a zillion ways to get
1: to Koh Lantum. So you spent 10 years visiting the island before you finally re- retired there, you say. When you did retire there, What kind of housing did you get and what are the prices like there?
2: When people ask me about prices in Thailand, I really believe that whatever budget you want, you can find. Mm. If you have a lot of money and you want to live like a king, (laughs) you can do that. And it's still reasonably cheap compared to prices in North America. If you want to hire servants and you want a car and you want all of the stuff that we've accumulated in north america you can have it but i have a modest little bungalow on about half an acre of land with an amazing tropical garden at the end of my property i have another building with two guest rooms wow so friends can come visit and these little guest rooms are aircon they're beautiful there's even murals on the wall they're they're beautiful and we use one as our storage room (laughs) Uh, It's a one bedroom home. I don't pay very much for it. In Thailand, as a foreigner, I can't own land, but I can do these long term leases. It's kind of different than what we have in North America, because when you have one of these leases, it's like you own the land for the 20 year. Oh, wow. I can't kick you off. You're responsible for everything. If the toilet breaks, you fix it. So we have this long term lease. For electricity, I pay maybe $30 a month. And we run the aircon all the time in the bedroom. That's the only room that's air conditioned. I'm always on my computer. And when Liam's there, he's always on his iPad. We don't worry about leaving the lights on because we have this huge garden, and Liam, being an electrician, has lit up the garden. It's a magical mystery tour, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) at night with the huge palm trees and all the flowers in the garden and the cats walking through the lights and their shadows make them look like giant lions on the wall. And so electricity is super cheap. Water, I pay for six months of water, mm, about $100. And we use a lot of water with our big garden. The internet, Fiber optic costs about $30 a month, okay. which is unbelievable when I think what I'm paying here in Ottawa for fiber optic,
1: Yeah, what? it's just not expensive. What about the 20-year the lease? What does that cost in general?
2: When I bought the place, my house had already been built by this lovely couple from Holland. Oh. One of the partners took sick and they had to return to Holland. So they were selling it for not very much. The house, the thing was, I had to take over their lease and the landlord had to approve. And he approved to renew the lease for another 10 years. So redo the lease in my name for 10 years, because he didn't know who I was. Sure. Mm-hmm. Thailand it's still a long time. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. a long time. It's still a long time. So I looked at the cost of the lease and the cost of the house and how much we would be paying for the next 10 years for accommodation. And it was a lot less than what I'd been paying for a beach bungalow. So maybe it worked out to $25, $30 a day. So I was okay with that 10 year lease if it was never renewed, but it will be renewed. And it's actually going to be renewed this April for another 10 years. We're just going to roll it over. And it's part of the chinook. That's kind of, I probably don't say it right. But that's what they call this kind of land. It's Chanute land. And it's common in rural parts of Thailand where families own valleys and mountains and portions of land and the land's been in their family forever. They section off parts of it and rent it on these long-term leases. And it's income for the family.
1: So you paid for the house. That's a one-time fee? I
2: did the one-time price to the house. So I own, it's funny, I own the top and rent the land. But, you know, I did the math and I thought, I'm okay, even if at the end of 10 years, I don't want to renew it.
1: What does a house like that cost these days, you would say? Just the house before the land.
2: It's really hard to figure that out because I bought it from somebody who had built it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe what I paid for 10 years ago isn't what it would be worth now. So now, let's say it would be worth in US dollars 150,000 U.S. Okay. Okay. Maybe less. Like, But that's now, not when I bought it. Right, right, right. Right, right. right. Yeah. We just later, want to get a sense. Yeah. As um, somebody who's basically retired and I'm I have a bit of savings but not very much and I do get the government pension now. if I didn't find another consulting contract and I didn't bring in any more money, I could live on that land because my annual rent is about three thousand dollars, which wow. is ridiculous. Wow you think about it three thousand dollars. Wow. So that's not very much. But remember, I'm remote. I'm not in downtown Bangkok. I'm not mm-hmm. on Phuket. I'm in a remote island, but I'm living the lifestyle I love. Mm-hmm. It's totally affordable. I'm eating fresh food. I can exercise to my heart's content. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of cardio junkie. I do super long walks, a mm-hmm. bit of running, and really long mountain bike rides. Mm -hmm. And I'm thoroughly like nothing could be better. Healthcare is a big concern for everybody. And I have debated this and debated it. When I went to Thailand before the pandemic hit with my retirement visa, I had to have healthcare and I paid a lot for the healthcare. I think it was about 2000 a year. I had to get it. And I really debated if that was the way to go, because healthcare in Thailand is wonderful. The medical resources are everywhere. Western-style hospitals, or it's not even a Western-style hospital. It's the best hospitals ever by people trained in the U.S. and in Europe, offer services with the best equipment, the most modern equipment. People go to Thailand on medical vacations because yeah. it's so much cheaper and better quality. Right, right. To We've have heard the this. Elective yeah. Surgery there, like plastic surgery, mm-hmm. <laughs> like My dental implant. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: there a hospital on your <laughs> island?
2: There is no real hospital on the island. We have to go to the mainland to Crabby mm-hmm. Town, or we can go to Phuket, where there are world class hospitals. How far now, is Crabby right? Town? Crabby Town is about an hour and a half from the island. It's the one close to the airport. Okay. But Phuket has the Bangkok Hospital of Phuket, which sounds weird. It's called the Bangkok <laughs> Hospital. It is maybe one of the best hospitals in the world. Oh, wow! It is renowned for plastic surgery, and a lot of famous Americans have gone there for <laughs> sex, whatever you call it, reassignment. Very popular. <laughs> Bruce Jenner was there. I think. Is it that was right? There. Oh, is that he right? Did a show? I think they did a show from Phuket. Oh. Wow. So, and it's not expensive. For example, uh, about five, six years ago, I came down with dengue. And a lot of people get dengue and it's nothing to be afraid of, even though it's a bit of malaria. Dengue fever, it's okay. a strain of malaria and it's caused by mosquito bite. Ah. The mosquitoes carry the dengue and most people are Okay you have a terrible fever, not unlike COVID. Mm. (laughs) You have a terrible fever, your body aches for about three or four days, you're a little delirious and then the fever breaks and you're okay. Mm -hmm. But some people, as in older people, and I'm also a cancer survivor, so I guess I'm not as strong, even though I'm very athletic. I wasn't recovering well from dengue, the doctor on the island, terrific doctor who helps out the expats a lot, a military doctor who lives on the island told me I better get to a hospital. She suggested a hospital near Krabby. And we thought, now nah, let's go to Phuket. Better go to the best. So I was in the hospital four days there. I had a private room. I was on an intravenous trip for four days to help build up my white blood cell count. I had all the meals, all the medication, everything. I didn't have insurance. My bill. For four days was a thousand US, oh my including goodness. all the medications, all the food, oh a private room, including a refrigerator what? and a sofa bed. Because in Thailand, when your family member is in the hospital, you mm. want to stay with them. Right, right. So right. Liam could then. have stayed with me, but no way, get out of here. <laughs> 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 but it was really amazing, and I learned that instead of being afraid and worried and buy all this insurance. I had superlative care and it didn't matter that I didn't have insurance because without insurance, they just gave me the Thai prices. Mm -hmm. And I was a local at the time I'd been on the island in Thailand 15 years. And I understand how to behave in Thailand. I understand relationships and being humble are very important to endear the Thais because I'm not I'm just a visitor in their country and I'm so pleased and happy that they've allowed me to do this, that I'm not aggressive. I'm there and grateful. And I find that I'm treated so wonderfully by everybody I meet. So now I'm in Ottawa and I'm going back and my retirement visa will not have expired so I can enter the country without another visa. I have cancelled my health care. And I don't think I'm going to get it again because the premiums you pay for healthcare are far more than four days in a hospital in a private room on medication and a drip. And talking to other expats who have medical insurance, sometimes things happen that shouldn't like instead of the doctor telling them to visit a hospital, an ambulance is called to take them to the hospital like all of these expenses, because people have insurance. I don't need it for me. I'm not going to do it now. I'm a Canadian. I have health care here. If my cancer comes back, I might come back to Canada for treatment. If I get very sick, I might come back to Canada for treatment. But I have no problem going to a hospital in Phuket because I truly believe that the health care there is better than here. Number one, they take you immediately. Immediately in Ottawa, if I want to go see an eye specialist, I might wait six months. You know, so it's just different. I'm okay paying for a thousand dollars when I was near death after four days. Mm-hmm. Of- so it's really you have to go there. You have to see what you're comfortable with. I don't come back to Canada and rush to my medical appointments. I was actually going to have all my cancer screening tests done there if I wasn't coming back this summer. And the price was maybe a few hundred dollars to have mammogram and ultrasound and colonoscopy you and know, all the stuff. Wow! Yeah, it's just not expensive. Okay. Okay.
0: So. If I wasn't feeling well one morning and I didn't have anything serious enough to go to Phuket to a hospital, is there a local person? You mentioned this military physician, but is there anyone else?
1: Or a clinic or well, anything? Yeah.
2: She has an office, Dr. Salarin, and she's been around longer than I've been on Thailand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she knows us all and she's wonderful. And we tell tourists to go to her. Okay. There's a lot of little clinics Okay, on the island. I'm not exactly sure the quality of their care. Some of them are good. So I don't want to say they're not good, but they're expensive and they're a little too fancy. Like in front of the clinic, there's a stretcher and um, a wheelchair. Well, why? It's show for me. There is uh, Dr. Salarin and I've heard there's another doctor a local Thai doctor who does clinic hours. He's open to practice and I've heard he's really good. Yeah, so but just she, in case like, she goes on vacation or something. So there's that. And then there's also uh, international hospitals in Krabi Town and then one in a town called Trang, which is also about two hours on the mainland. I've been to Trang for a couple of things to that hospital. So I just I think Salarin might have been away and we wanted a day off the island because it's fun going to the cities. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, on Colanta, there's, I don't eat it, but Liam likes his Burger King. There's no franchises on the island. So <laughs> he looks forward to going, you know, <laughs> we do a day trip. And then, you know, I want to buy stuff. I, even though I can buy everything on Lanta, there's no real big grocery store with choice. You know? mm-hmm. You know, I want to you know get lots of toilet paper and right. <laughs> stuff you don't see, and lots of clean yeah. cleaning stuff. And so, a day trip is good. So often we'll go to the emergency at the hospital, but it's not really emergency; it's the mm-hmm. day clinic. Okay. And everywhere we've been, the service has been amazing. It's been ultra cheap, and I mean, under a hundred thirty dollars, forty dollars. Wow. Right. to see right. a medical profession.
0: What about yeah. dental care and vision care and things like that?
2: Funny, you should mention that. Oh. <laughs> For- the first year we were on Koh Lanta, Liam had a lot of crooked teeth. And he, and poor Liam, I don't want to say much about <laughs> it, but he was thinking about getting implants. Miss Miao, who ran the little resort, suggested we try this new dental clinic in Bangkok on our way out of Thailand because we had two days in Bangkok. And I had my teeth whitened. While I was getting them whitened, Liam spoke to them, had a consultation with the dentist, and started getting an implant the next day. 20 years later, he's got about 17 implants. He oh doesn't have to wear his bridges or all the <laughs> His mouth is state-of-the-art. We joke about it. And the price was, if here in Ottawa, it costs $5,000 an implant, there it was, at first it was like $500. Now it might be $2,000 for an implant. Mm-hmm. And this includes the bone graft and going back, you know, yeah. later mm-hmm. and getting the tooth and stuff. The dental in Thailand is fantastic. I've had work done with a local dentist on the island who spends half his time in Koh Lant and the other half of his practice in Bangkok. I've had bridges put in that my dentist in Ottawa said he can't believe the quality of the work in my mouth. And he wants to come visit us, not to see our home or the beef, he wants <laughs> to go to see dentists.
1: Do most of the dentists and doctors, do they speak English?
2: Yes. Everybody in Thailand speaks some form of English. People that are educated, they all learn English. The uneducated are the people that dropped out when they were kids. If they're working with the tourists, not only English, they speak Swedish. More Swedish tourists than wow, anything. So oh, wow. and they, English because so many tourists from the UK. They speak German because so many German tourists. So it's interesting. When you meet a Thai, they don't just speak one or two languages, they speak four languages. Wow. Not extremely well, but enough to be able to sure. get along.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you okay. speak Thai?
2: I speak a little Thai. I've been mm-hmm. studying Thai for a long time and it's extremely difficult. I've even learned how to read it. The challenge for being an English speaker is the tones. There's five tones. Right. Yeah. The tone is really important because if you get the mix of tones wrong, you're saying something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't understand. When I go to the wet markets, I speak Thai. I can count, I can get along with the basic. I can't get into anything like have a big conversation i can say where i've been where i'm going that's good if i'm hungry if i'm happy if i'm not happy the
0: bathroom how how do you say where's the bathroom
2: <laughs> i look for the symbol <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom they they call it toilet ah. and toilet is a word that is known around the world no matter what
1: ah. oh that's so funny you talk about the markets are there any supermarkets on the island or or, or just little markets
2: when you say supermarket there's one in the main village, but it I wouldn't call it a supermarket like we call it a supermarket. Uh-huh. It's a very small grocery store, maybe the kind that was in our neighborhood when we were younger. It has a lot of stuff, but not a lot of choice. Like it might have one or two ketchups, not 15 ketchups. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> right, right. So it's like a, there's a... one on the island where we can get a lot of things. And every year they get more and more freezers because they bring in a lot of the frozen food that the tourists want. Oh. A lot of the Swedish things. And even for us, there's a lot of things. I like to go to the wet market because I want to give the money, my money to the locals on the island, not to the rich Thai family on Mm -hmm, the island. mm I have nothing against Lantamart. I know them. Uh, I do go there a lot for quite a few things I can't get anywhere else. We do go to Krabby Town a lot to these humongous grocery stores, like a huge Walmart. There's one or two of them. And it's so much fun to see these huge stores (laughs) because I haven't seen one in so long. It's refreshing to zoom around, even yeah. Liam wants to zoom around and check out the meat counter for his barbecue <laughs> and, and the hardware stores, humongous stores, because Krabby Town is kind of a hub in uh, that part of Thailand because there are a lot of tourist areas. Monang, Riley Beach, PP Koh Lanta, Koh Lipe, there's a ton of areas around where people land at the airport, where the resorts come into town to load up their truck to bring it back to the resort for the week. It's fun and okay. anything you need. There's even an Apple store. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh wow. So where you live sounds like a little setback from, you know, all the craze. Can you walk to a coffee shop, a place you could hang out and have some pastries or is that no?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's lots of little coffee shops, little bars. I'm 30 steps to the my closest beach. It's a small beach, very little on it, a couple of lean-to bars and two resort. Within a five-minute walk is Long Beach that you spoke about, which is the most spectacular beach on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I've traveled this planet a lot. And <laughs> I just love Long Beach. I, I can't say enough about how tranquil wow. it is. And the sand is amazing and the water is luscious and it's just fantastic and on Long Beach, there are a couple of very laid-back resorts with little bars and restaurants. On the road parallel to Long Beach, there's shops, and it's growing more and more. There's a lot of coffee shops and a lot of, I want to say Western-style coffee shops, because mm. there's no Starbucks or Tim Horton or nothing. <laughs> right, like. right, right. The owner is passionate about his croissant or about his cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other surprising thing is, The amount of vegan restaurants and vegetarian Uh, restaurants. Nice, wow, interesting. The bigger restaurants that have plenty of options for vegans and vegetarians, because so many tourists... Are vegan and vegetarian, mm-hmm. and a lot of us on the island are pescatarian. Uh-huh. So we throw the fish in, and I throw a bit of chicken into my oh, diet. I but love it. I the love. The choice it. is amazing. And when I come back to Ottawa, there's like two or three restaurants that are so expensive for <laughs> vegan and yeah, vegetarian. Yeah, You can't. You can't. I can't wait to go back. Mm, I'll bet. I'll bet.
0: Go out. So do you need a car or do you bicycle around? Or how do you what do you guys do?
2: When we first got to the island, we looked at getting a motorcycle and I'm petrified. And I, I shouldn't <laughs> say motorcycle, I'll call it scooter. In those days there was no paved roads, and Liam rented a bike a couple of times and he'd go out exploring and he'd literally come back full of mud or or dark red. Because the earth is red, like where he's actually from in uh, Cape Breton, PEI of Canada. It's pretty funny. He took off his sunglasses and I could see his (laughs) eye. Because I'm afraid of motorbikes, we didn't rent one. And we just take a tuk-tuk, like a motorcycle sidecar. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, a local that I'd phone. And he'd come and get me. We'd go wherever we wanted. So a four right. or five kilometer trip might be a buck.
0: So wow. you can't beat that. And that. so that's readily accessible.
2: That's readily accessible. Uh, uh, yeah. A lot of tourists come and rent a motorcycle. And it, I want to say it's maybe $5 a day Oh, motorcycle. or a, And that's a lot because you can rent one for a month for maybe $50. Like Wow. You know, when, the longer you stay, the cheaper it gets for yes. the locals sure. because sure. it's just easier to rent it to you once, not 30 times. I guess you
0: can rent a car too.
2: So we started renting a car after we'd been on the island about five years because we were meeting more of the locals. We had some very good Canadian friends who lived, I call it the other side. So the island is very long and there is a mountain range in the middle. To go to the other side, I don't want to take a tuk-tuk, it takes about 20 minutes to go to this little village at the south end of the island. So sometimes we'd rent a car for a day or two and we just decided it's actually cheaper to rent a car for a month. I think in those days we were paying two or $300 a month for a car, unlimited mm. mileage or whatever. You just rent the car. We still rent a car from the same gentleman and now we pay about $500 a month. Okay, And it's a six-cylinder car we can drive to Phuket with it. Mm -hmm. Like we can go anywhere. It's not um, like a heap. When we got there before the pandemic, we rented the car for the season. You know, we promised him we'd be here at least six months. When the pandemic hit and we just kept staying, he lowered the price. Oh, wow. So we were paying about <laughs> 400 a month because the island was empty. He wanted us to keep, he wanted our ah, business. sure. Yeah. And we travel. You know, when we can, we'll go to Phuket. We try and go to Phuket every couple of months mm-hmm. to be in civilization for a couple of days. <laughs> mm-hmm. We oh, do so. go to Krabby Town. At least once every two weeks, and Liam plays golf a couple of times a week, and that's also in Krabby Town. So our car is a workhorse. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to have it because I'm I'm afraid of being on a motorbike. We've yeah. got tourists there on a motorbike. The requirement for renting a motorbike is five dollars. <laughs> it's not. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> Can you drive on the other side of the road? Because it's not like. The way we drive here in North America, it's like the way they drive in the UK, which is kind of surprising. But huh. So you're driving on the wrong side of the road on a motorbike. You don't know how to drive <laughs> with a lot of other people the same. So oh even as a runner in yeah. tourist season, I hated running on the side of the road because sure. I'd be almost hit by these motorcyclists that didn't know what they were doing. Oh, my God. Pretty funny when you think about the requirement. And the thing that for me is surprising is a lot of these tourists when they go back home, they're in a car with airbags and seatbelts and all of this other right, stuff. Right, right. to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On a motorbike, no helmet, yeah. no idea the rules of the road. So it's, it's pretty funny. There's a lot of things that don't make sense, and we just shrug and go, "My pen, rhyme No problem. That's Thai. No problem." Yeah. I can write. Doesn't right. make sense.
1: I have a question going back that I've got to ask. And it, um, so you purchase a house and rent the land. What if I just wanted to rent a house or an apartment?
0: Right. Like so, if we were to come for a month or so, what would you
1: recommend? Yeah. What would the cost be?
2: Okay. I recommend that you spend a day with me or a day somewhere mm-hmm. and look around at a couple of your options. So if you rent from any of the big companies, you're going to be paying. And you want a big, fancy, fancy house on the beach with a swimming pool, state of the art. You might be paying, I'm doing a quick calculation, mm-hmm, maybe three or four thousand for the month. Now, this is a huge house, five, six bedrooms. So when you think about that, for a month, you bring a bunch of friends, a thousand a month, that's not bad. If you contact some of the locals, you can get something very similar, but it might not be on the beach, it might be five minutes from the beach. There's a couple of compounds that have these nice two-bedroom bungalows, modern with a shared swimming pool and you'd be for that you'd be looking at maybe a thousand a month nice very nice.
1: what about if you
2: maybe or less depending on the time of year you went you wanted really cheap yeah you can probably get something for a couple of hundred a month oh wow wow you know a small bungalow without a pool around or or somebody's private house. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm not in Thailand now and I have somebody living in my house free of charge because oh. I don't want to leave my house alone, my garden alone. And somebody has to feed my cat. House yeah. sitters, yes.
0: Yeah, there's a website, right? Have you heard of it? Trustedhousesitters.com where people watch pets and so forth.
2: Absolutely. And you know, all of us who have homes there are always looking for tourists there for a long time when we meet people who are there six months. We go, hey, have you paid? If you haven't paid, think about living in my house for two months. So, you know, as you're on the island for a long time and you get to know people then you spread the word and there's Facebook groups you can go to and say, I'm coming to the island. Anybody need their house sat, look after their house. I'll walk your dog. Wow. So there are a lot of really... Good opportunities for that.
0: So, I wanted to ask something off the beaten track, and that is activities and social items to do. I watch your videos and I am fascinated by your garbage structures. I understand that you scour the beaches and you found or you learned some time ago that there are tons of lighters, like these little colorful big lighters that I guess smokers just throw into the wherever and they wash up ashore. So, you gather them, you wash them or you clean them, and then you build them into these amazing structures and then you light them from within, right? I saw the turtle. I thought that was unbelievable. And it looks like it's six feet tall. I don't know. It is. And then the cat, your cat that's sitting outside your house. First of all, did you learn all the inner electrical
2: things from Liam, how to light it all up? I don't have to learn it. I had him do it. (laughs) Oh, this okay. is what it is because okay. there's a lot of work there with the frame and we needed a welder to build the brace on the back and there's a oh. buddy from Norway does that or Okay does
0: and who, and who works. cuts the pattern
2: the wooden pattern that sits Well, it's my sketch and Liam cuts that and he has another oh. buddy with a drill and so in a way my art became a village
1: project. But, <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, you know, with Liam and his buddies and I've got lots of pictures that I'll be putting up on my website with the book.
1: What's Website called?
2: I've got two. My author website is pearlyann.com, P E R L E Y A N N.com, and the other is thehappycat.ca. And all my articles are there and lots of photos and okay. info about Colanta. I've done a lot of articles about different places on Colanta. Okay.
0: And we understand that your latest book is going to be released August 8th. 8th, 8th, 8th. And it's what is it,
2: National or International Cat Day? I heard it was International Cat Day when it was. <laughs> <laughs> and that did it and also because eight is a lucky number yes in to Asia. the asians so yes, i thought yes like that's a double positive yeah result. you
0: have double happiness as we say in right. chinese just going back to the little lighters clean how do you clean out you clean out the fuel the butane or what what is it that you do
2: so before i tell you that i just want to say that on Colanta, the monsoon winds change in the spring and the wind blows inwards and it brings the garbage from the Indian Ocean and the Pacific to our island. So it's not people on land to throwing lighters right, in right, the right, water, right. on the beach. Yeah. And it's truly unbelievable how much garbage is in the Pacific that we don't understand here. It's mind boggling. But that's another book, another story.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, so I, I
2: was helping out when because I beach walk every day at sunset. I was bringing a bag and trying to collect the garbage and it's never ending. Yeah. I kept looking at the lighters and I could think they're so beautiful. There's so many different colors. And a friend of mine had built kind of a little sculpture with lighters and he showed it to me and he put some Christmas lights behind it. It wasn't very big. And I thought, of course, I want to build a cat. (laughs) I want to do it a little differently. It's going to be a monster cat, huge, and it's going to be sturdy and strong with proper lighting in it because I always go to the nth degree when I'm dreaming up something. Yeah. And I got Liam involved reluctantly because he's not creative and crapsy like uh-huh. me, he's like an electrician engineer and wants yeah. to play golf and baseball and eat meat. And that's not me. <laughs> so as I started building the cat, he started getting interested in it. And planning on how to make it strong and the electric and the cables in it and that. Mm-hmm. So I take the lighters and I, because they're from the beach, they stink. Oh. I soak them in a big bucket of water first to try and get the grime off them for a day, swish it around, empty it, and then pour bleach in with a lot of water and soak it for another day in bleach because I'm going to touch these things and I don't know where mm-hmm. they be. And then I wash them again in soapy water let them dry. And then I have to take the top off. So I have a like a wrench thing. Yeah, yeah. pliers, and I crack the top off. Oh. And then in the bottom, the plastic part, there's a little screw with a white thing in the lighter. I don't know what it's called. And I didn't want that there because when the lighters lit up, you're going to see the white in it. So I unscrew the top and pull out the white thing. So the prep. For the lighter is days and days of prep. Wow. And I got a lot of people in especially low season when there's not a lot going on because we're all collecting garbage. People would bring me lighters. Yeah.
0: Oh, I wow. saw a guy come with like garbage bags <laughs> of, of lighters. Of The guy who yeah. owns the bar, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I did the turtle for him, and yeah. he had his staff collect lighters in the morning, or his, he probably didn't ask his staff to. They're doing it on the wow, beach. I can't the believe property. there are that many lighters. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy h- garbage bags hauling them. The I, turtle has, we figured, about six or 7,000 lighters. Whoa! You have to see and that. And the dinosaur know. eating popcorn has over 10,000.
0: Whoa! Now, where is that going? In the center of the city, you said? or
2: It's at a, a gentleman from Switzerland partnered with a local Thai family and built an outdoor theater. But it's not like a drive-in. It's beautiful outdoor mm. theater. And it's at the entrance to his theater, (gasps) a little sign about keeping land clean and a really great, great Swiss
0: guy. But you are so creative to, I mean, it's one thing to sketch a five by five inch animal. Like a turtle that's that's symmetrical, but you are so creative. How do you 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 have to enlarge it like a million times? And the shapes,
2: and yeah. it's not easy to build because the glue is um, a double epoxy. Oh, I was going to ask what glue minute, you use. Mm-hmm. It takes a few minutes to dry, so I can't glue on top of a lighter and then glue on top of that lighter. It has mm. to dry, so it's a slow process. So I have to envision the shape of the animal but very slowly. When you make a mistake, the glue it's is stuck. solid. And yeah. even a hammer, you have to smash it to get it apart. So I really had to think about it and think about it. And when I go for my long beach walks, I would think, how am I going to build the hip? How am I going to start the hip? What do I want the hip to look like? Yeah, it's pretty wow. funny in the tail. And when you're beside these Sculptures, you can see how they they have the shape of the animal. Or yeah. Oh my God. Whatever. And it took yeah six mm-hmm. weeks to build the turtle. Mm, I'd say more like two months.
0: Oh, okay. I heard and, you on the interview. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, probably six weeks for my part, and then enters first is mm, the other eight, kind of working with Liam as he's stringing the lights under it, making sure they're high enough. The dinosaur took about three months. Wow. Wow. Every day. Wow.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen the finished dinosaur part. I just saw on that little clip of the YouTube video of the part that all those little yellow orange ones, you know, is that fire or is that popcorn or I don't know what's coming. That's the
2: popcorn. (laughs) I haven't seen popcorn because the dinosaur is eating popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's so creative. So fun. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to ask, I think I'm creative or I've done creative things, even though I'm also the opposite. I, I have this like kind of dichotomy. I'm part engineer, part craft person. So the one side is always making things must be even, must be, you know, symmetrical. But then there's the creative side that says, just do it. And I can't get started because... Until I have every piece of equipment or every piece of inventory ready, I can't get started. If I were to live there and I needed things, like I run out of flux or I run out of solder, can I easily get stuff like that, or do I have to go to Phuket, or do I have to order from Amazon? Does Amazon? Like does Krabby Amazon Town.
2: deliver? <laughs> so there's always somebody going to Krabby Town. Uh, always. So if I need something. I can phone a couple of people and say, do you know anybody going? Or I can go on the Facebook group for the island and say, anybody going to Krabby? I need solder or something, Mm. whatever. But also, and this is because of the pandemic, there's a a local site in Thailand that's almost like Thailand's Amazon. It's called Lazada. And you can order anything on Lazada, anything. And you get it in about a day or two, depending on where it's coming from.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow.
2: Really? Unbelievable. It's okay. easier, sometimes cheaper, to order from Lazada than to go into the village. That's it's, wonderful. It's so you have everything at
0: your hands. You really... I have
2: girlfriends that are buying flowers and plants and pots and earth uh-huh. for their garden because if they go to the local plant shop, they have to haul it. Mm. Whereas if you order from Lazada, they deliver it. <laughs> It's really unbelievable, anything you want. One okay. night, anyone's going, oh, I really want some craft thousand island dressing didn't want to go to crabby and what if they're sold out in crabby at the big shop so we went to lazada and it was there the next day wow. a, is that like an amazon uh, is there a membership is it a one-year membership no you just join oh they're free to join they have everything even from the drugstores it's like amazon okay that would be like ebook part sure just, sure sure so okay. it's really uh, crazy
1: yeah yeah I, I have a question you ended up on the island Colata and you you seem to love it. But there are other places. We covered three other places. Thailand. Thailand, Bangkok, Chiang Mai, and Phuket. Did you think about moving to any of those places? I did, but they're too
2: built up. They're big modern cities, mm-hmm. and I didn't want a big modern right, city. Right. Chiang Mai is a beautiful place, and living outside, outside Chiang Mai in the countryside is gorgeous. And if we ever decide we wanted to leave the island, we have thought about places up near Chiang Mai in the mountains. It's just completely different. But we like the island life. If I want a big city, I'd rather live in Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. I worked there for a couple of years. Yeah. I do like Bangkok, but it's just too busy, too many people. And that's fun for a weekend. A weekend getaway into the hustle and bustle of civilization. But I'd rather be chill on my island and yeah, so enjoy. Cool. And, you know, I keep up to date on everything going on with the internet. You know, I watch news every day, BBC, CNN, <laughs> NBC. I'm up to date. I know what's going on. I follow pop culture. I don't feel deprived of anything.
0: Right, right, right. You know, I don't
2: feel like I'm missing anything.
0: And you said that Liam plays golf. So where is the golf course?
2: So near Krabby Town, there is a beautiful, I'm not a golfer, so I can't tell you the word, but it's like Mm -hmm. state of the art class or tournament class or it's a proper golf club. Now we have to remember Tiger Woods is from Phuket. He's from Thailand. And there's some phenomenal golf Mm. courses in Phuket. Yeah, yeah. And there's one near Krabby Town that just opened a few years ago and it has plans post-pandemic when everything opens up as the tourists come back to get even bigger and bigger but he said the greens are amazing, just amazing and him and a couple of buddies have joined this golf club to help support it. They go a couple of times a week.
0: Oh, so that's nice.
2: These guys are really good with good clubs and (laughs) they take it seriously yeah. So and it, I, it, a golfer's heaven for tourism in Thailand, yeah. all over Thailand.
0: Yeah. I'm not a golfer either. I heard recently, or I read that Tiger Woods designed a mini golf, um, <laughs> a mini golf course. And I think uh, I'm going to check that out. I don't know where it is at the moment, but uh, that's got to be like a really little cool place. Right, Gene? Yeah. Okay.
1: So there's no golf course on the island. Are there tennis? There must be tennis courts and pickleball courts. What about, is there an indoor movie theater?
2: No, we're, we're too remote. For that kind of stuff. Wow! So we're completely different. The dive—it's one of the best places on the planet to dive. The snorkeling is amazing. The boat trips—the you might have heard of like James Bond Island and all those crazy-looking islands that crop right up out of the water. Well, that's where I am. Our scenery is these unbelievable islands that mm-hmm. look like they just grew <laughs> out of the wow. water. The coral reefs around them are phenomenal. So diving is huge there. Okay. Snorkeling Snorkeling water sports. I do a lot of mountain biking into the trails up the mountains. And there is tons of sports and walking. And a lot of the locals, we, we have our own gangs. Like the guys have a, you know, they play gin one night. There's <laughs> chess, there's euchre. If you want to start a reading group, like whatever you want, there's always stuff going on. There's lots of Muay Thai gyms for the tourists, you know, the one week tourists who want to do them. Mai Tai boxing. But that means there's lots of athletic facilities on the okay. island. It's hot. Yeah. You know, it's always around 30, 28 to 32, 33, depending oh. on the, the time of year. And these little gyms are all indoor air con. So right. it's. Get a great workout.
0: So that's like 80, 90 something degrees all the time. Is that year-round?
2: I can say no, but when it's it's not that hot for very little of the year. But you don't wear the clothes you're wearing here. It's, right. There's a breeze. You you sleep in aircon. A lot of people have aircon in their home. We don't. Okay. We're out on our huge deck all the time, but we have fans and it's covered. And after about two weeks, your body acclimatizes. To 80 degrees, and okay. you're fine, and you drink lots of water. And mm-hmm. at first, it's a little tough when I go back, but 10 days later, I'm back out there doing all my exercise. Yeah. So yeah. It really isn't acclimatizing. And I'm freezing here. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I came yeah.
2: back in. <laughs> May, I was frozen. I think it was like uh, six five. Oh I was oh frozen. My you're
1: Lord. in Canada. What are you? Yeah, expect? really. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wish I was there right now because it's
0: so we've had a heat wave here in New York and it's been so hot. I can't really complain. And,
1: and, and in Colanta, is it humid? Yeah, it's humid. Okay.
2: Okay. As as I said, it takes you about a week or two to acclimatize to the weather, and then your body adapts and you drink you just keep drinking lots of liquid. And Your body cools off that way and you get used to it. For a Canadian who's used to below zero, (laughs) unbelievable. (laughs) I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I'm into the heat and I'm into not wearing a lot of clothes. That sounds funny. I wear clothes, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That whole thing about clothes and hair and makeup, you don't do it. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't want it. The appliances that we have in our homes, I don't want it. I don't need it. Yeah. I have a washing machine, but I don't have a dryer. I can mm. hang out my laundry. And by the right. time I've hung up it all up, the stuff yeah, i put <laughs> <the dry. laughs>
0: But you have your home in Ottawa. I mean, are you always going to keep that?
2: Well, Liam still worked for yeah. like eight months. I mean, the mm. pandemic kind of was bizarre because we ended up on Colanta for the three years. Uh, he came back about a month ago and it was reluctant because he misses his life there. But he knew he had to work. He hasn't worked in three years. Mm-hmm. So he's back now busy, busy, and he'll uh, hopefully join me around Christmas time. Okay. I'll be going back in October.
0: But you collect your government pension in Canada, right? And then well, you it goes can, into
2: my bank account.
0: Right. And do you keep bank account there or do you in Canada? I have bank to accounts
2: ask. in both places. Yeah, okay. I open okay. there so that I could do automatic payments for my electricity and internet. Okay. And because so many people now, the ties, everything is, your life is managed on your cell phone. They're all... Doing messaging and online banking, and yeah. it's really it's unbelievable, and I think it's because the infrastructure for landlines wasn't there. Oh. And when the phones came, everybody could do everything. And even somebody who works a little cart, they've got a cell phone. They're on Facebook. They're buying on Lazada. The modernization is it's a little different there.
1: Do those little carts take credit cards? No. Okay. No,
2: on Lanta. I well, I shouldn't say no because a lot of people. People are signing up with, I can't remember what it's called. I've seen it here. That's it. Mm. So they're starting to use that. But you can do a bank, like a bank transfer from phone to phone. It's really simple. You go to your bank account on your phone and you click one or two clicks and yeah. put in your number and you just send the money. So yeah, almost yeah. everybody's doing that now. Right, so it, right. it's great.
0: Yeah, we have all that, right. you know, Venmo, Zelle, all those different apps.
1: So you've said that as a little girl, you dreamed of living on a remote island and now you live on one. Has the island met your expectations?
2: I think my lifestyle has met my expectation. So the island is all part of it. I always knew I wanted to live somewhere completely different to be able to explore myself and learn about myself. And when you get caught up with work and career and the pressures and you kind of forget about it. And a lot of people think, oh, when I hit retirement, I can do it. I can do it. Well, I'm doing it and I'm making sure I'm doing it and I'm making sure I'm positive every day and looking at how I can make myself better, my life better. And there's limitations, my health, my finances. I, I don't have carte blanche, but I look at life as opportunities, not as borders or there's there's nothing stopping me from figuring it out no matter what's going on. So I couldn't be happier. You know, I'm living a rich and full life. I'm exploring my passions, learning about myself and learning about the planet. And that's I sound kind of sappy, but no, (laughs) No. you're so inspirational. I'm jealous. (laughs) You can do it, too. It's really I know. Let I your heart that. speak to you. <laughs> yeah. You like. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out. Right. All right. right.
1: So, Pearly Ann Friedman's book about Colanta is out this month, which is August of 2022, called Retire Way Out There My Evolving Life on Colanta. And you can get it hardcover, softcover. You can get audible book. And you could also get it
0: Kindle. Kindle. You also get
1: it on Kindle. Yes. I yeah. forgot about that one.
0: So, Pearly we want to thank you so much for joining us. And this was really really not only enlightening, but you made it seem really possible. You're on our list of places that Jean and I plan to visit. When Jean doesn't retire for another two years, but that list is growing <laughs> and I would love to just hang out with you more than a day, I hope. As we wrap, what words of advice would you like to give to our listeners who are embarking on either retirement or considering moving abroad?
2: Let your dreams guide you, but let your mind be practical. So find that balance. And don't listen to other people about what you need, because only you know what you need. So just be leery there about what is really good for you.
0: Oh, that's so good. Yeah, (laughs) only you know you. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, on that note, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And we'll stay in touch. Thank you. Okay. Take care and say hi to Liam. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye. In the meantime, be well.